Welcome back to Channel 4's Unreported World podcast. I'm Krishnan Gurumurthy. This week, Jenny Kleeman goes to Uganda to investigate the spirit babies. About 400,000 children across the world are affected with a brain condition called hydrocephalus. But in rural areas of Uganda, some people believe these children are cursed. We follow a family seeking urgent medical assistance for a child with this condition. This is the Cure Hospital in Mbale, eastern Uganda. These women are praying for their babies' lives. Their babies need brain surgery to save them from one of Africa's most common yet neglected medical conditions. I was about to spend two weeks with them as they fought for their survival. This is the only neurosurgery unit for children in sub-Saharan Africa. Run by a charity, the Cure Hospital treats 4,000 children a year. This building here is outpatients. This is where mothers and babies go when they first arrive here at the Cure Hospital. Most children come here because of a condition called hydrocephalus, or water on the brain. As many as 20 new cases arrive every day. Sarah was the youngest new arrival at two and a half months. She's named after her mother. What do you think is wrong with Sarah, with baby Sarah? The head is growing. The head is growing big. Is it growing quickly? Yes. Can I feel it? Yes. Oh, hello. (laughs) Yes, you can feel this poor little baby. The top of her head, the crown here, it's filled with fluid. Olaport, her father, told me Sarah couldn't hold her head up. She was having problems with her vision, too. How do you feel as a father seeing your daughter in this condition? I felt very bad when my kid developed that problem. People are not willing to assist anybody who has such a problem as lameness. They just neglect you and leave you in that position. Olaport's nephew had already been diagnosed with hydrocephalus. They knew Sarah's symptoms could be serious. The family were called in for a consultation with Dr. Rebecca Nakaka. 43. 43.6. 43.6. Yes. Sarah's head was five centimetres larger than average for her age. Dr. Nakaka confirmed she had hydrocephalus. It's good you've come early. It's good you've come early. The problem why your baby's head is increasing in size. When you deliver at home, you don't have gloves. You don't have disinfectant. You're delivering the baby in an environment which is not very hygienic. So you're saying that the reason why baby Sarah is in the condition that she's in now is because she caught an infection after she was born. Yes, meningitis, which was undertreated. Sarah had survived meningitis, but it left scarring that stopped fluid draining from her brain and water was building up inside it. Dr Nakaka said Sarah needed brain surgery as soon as possible. What happens if the child receives no treatment at all? 
The head will continue growing inside. The pressure will keep going up and the child will die finally. 90% of them die. Sorry. Sarah was immediately given a scan to see the extent of the damage already caused to her brain. Equipment like this is rare in Uganda. This is the only CT scanner outside the capital city. Radiographer Cohen Bond explained her scan to me. This is the brain that we see here. We first looked at a normal brain, which had small, dark chambers filled with water at its centre. In comparison, Sarah's brain was completely distorted. So you're moving through slices of her, yes. her brain here? Yeah. The white outermost represent the bone, the skull bones. Yeah. And the grey one is the brain, and the black one is water. So the water is pushing the brain, the brain. next to the skull yes. all the way outwards. So the brain yeah. tissue is under a lot of pressure. Yes. Hydrocephalus had already left Sara brain damaged. But with early treatment, her brain might grow back and recover. She was admitted to the ward. Here, I got to see the scale of the problem. Every year, 400,000 children develop hydrocephalus worldwide. It's more common than deafness or Down syndrome. A quarter of a million cases are in sub-Saharan Africa. Some of these children can barely hold their heads up. The ones that are old enough to sit up, you can see them struggling with the weight of their heads. Sarah told me how taking care of such a sick baby had affected her life. The problem I had, of course, I, the problem I have, of course, I cannot do my work. I cannot dig. I cannot dig. I cannot even cook. I cannot even cook because she's sick. She cries and I just carry her. I felt bad when I saw that I'm the one who produced such a baby. But I reached here and I see she's one of many. God gave me this baby for a purpose. God gave me this baby for a purpose. She's a gift to me. She's a gift to me. A blessing. A blessing. Even though little Sarah is different, yeah. she's still a blessing. She's a blessing to me. Yes, she's a blessing to me. <laughs> there was only room for one parent to stay with Sarah. Olaport went back to look after their farm and their other five children. There were many other babies in a far more serious condition than Sarah. Hydrocephalus might look extraordinary to us, but it's common in the West too. We rarely see babies in this advanced state as they're treated early. I met Loy Aranatwe and her nine-month-old son, Kazimiri. They come from a remote part of West Uganda. She'd noticed something was wrong with him at three months. Her whole family was bewildered by his condition. I wouldn't let any of the other children carry him because I was worried they might drop him and smash his head. So I took care of him on my own. The return fare from Loy's home to the hospital cost more than her farm makes in six months. While she borrowed and saved to get here, she watched Kazimiri deteriorate. How did the people in your village react when they saw Kazimiri changing? 
Everyone who saw him was shocked. They said they'd never seen a head like that. I felt so hurt, but there was nothing I could do. Louis, how does it feel now to be on a ward like this and to see that you're not alone? It has given me strength because I thought I was the only one. But there are many other mothers in the same situation here. That made me feel hopeful. How are you? Kazimiri was seen by the surgeon, Dr. John Mugamba. He's one of only five neurosurgeons in Uganda. That's one for every seven million people. Like baby Sarah, Kazimiri developed hydrocephalus after falling ill as a newborn. The infection must have blocked some pathways and uh, the water accumulation causes this head to go back. So it keeps uh, pushing on the brain and eventually the child will become spastic and will be retarded and things won't go well. He will have the surgery tomorrow morning. Are you nervous that he's going to have such serious surgery tomorrow? I have to be strong and patient because I can't treat him myself. He's in the hands of the doctors now. to uh, making the bed, sorting out his clothes, doing everything with just one hand while she's supporting him with the other. Loy wanted to make sure Casimiri slept well before his surgery in the morning. Ora regge. Ora regge, Loy. Good night. Sarah, too, had been told her baby would go into theatre tomorrow. It's amazingly calm and peaceful here, given that there are some very seriously ill babies here and that some of them are going to have some very major surgery tomorrow. There isn't a sense of dread or fear here. Everybody's very calm, very peaceful, happy to be here. It was the morning of Casimiri and Sarah's surgery. Sarah went into theatre first. For the next hour, she was under anaesthetic. Dr Mugamba performs five surgeries a day. He's become one of the world's leading experts on hydrocephalus treatment. What procedure are you, are you going to do today on baby Sarah? We have two options, basically. The first one... We have two options, basically. The first one will be endoscopic. If we fail, we do the traditional one. If we fail, we do the traditional one of putting in a catheter from the head to the abdomen. Draining the water. Draining the water. The surgeon made an incision in the most swollen part of baby Sarah's head. He carefully fed a small camera called an endoscope into the opening. What he'd see inside would determine Sarah's future. And if you see the, the yellow... Yeah. If you see the yellow... And those are the camera showed there were still traces of infection on her brain. OK, now finish it. Go. Go. 
Go. Go. At the most critical point of the surgery, he made a hole in one of the chambers containing the water so fluid could drain from it naturally. Let's see if there's good flow there. You can see the hole? That is good flow. That is good flow. Thank you, Doctor. That's it. They've made this hole and they see that the, the liquid is flowing out of it and that's Dr. all that needs to be done. Sarah's operation was a success. It was remarkably straightforward. She was taken to recover in intensive care. The patient is doing well. The patient is doing well. Are you happy with the success? Are you happy with the success of the operation? <laughs> yes, I'm happy. Next, it was Casimiri's turn. This is not normal. This is not normal at all. You can't even tell. You can't even tell what is brain and what is not brain. This is the worst CT scan that you can have. The brain is so incredibly damaged. All the dark bits are where there's water and there's hardly any brain tissue left. But he said because Casimir is only nine months old, there's hope that once they've drained the fluid and prevented it from accumulating again, he could recover. Casimiri's brain anatomy was so distorted, Dr. Magamba feared he wouldn't be able to find the correct place to make the drainage hole. If we were to get it early, we to get it early you wouldn't get all these problems. So it's preventable, essentially? Yes, it is preventable. Yes, it is preventable. It's a disease of the poor. You can't get the doctors properly to diagnose it early. The birth facilities are not good. You can't afford to go to the hospital itself. The infrastructure itself may not be good enough, and we are ignorant. When Dr. Magamba put the camera into Casimiri, he found he couldn't see inside him. The brain fluid was full of blood, obscuring the camera's view. Lights on, please. Lights on, please. It seems that Casimiri's condition is so bad that they can't actually do anything at the moment. So the surgery is being abandoned. Casimiri was sent to intensive care, his hydrocephalus still untreated. Loy would have to wait for the bleeding to stop before Dr Mugamba could operate on her baby again. We promised to return in a week to check on Casimiri and Sara's progress. Loy is doing everything she can for Casimiri. She saved for six months to pay for the transport to bring him here. And even though today's surgery didn't go as she would have hoped, at least he is getting treatment. From what the staff here have told me, there are thousands of children all over Uganda with hydrocephalus who aren't being treated at all. It's particularly common in the least developed parts of the country, like Gulu district, five hours northwest of Mbale. Hydrocephalus has many causes, but in Uganda, most cases develop after neonatal infection. In remote villages, babies tend to be born at home, which makes them more likely to be exposed to the kind of infections that can lead to hydrocephalus. Newborns have weak immune systems. They catch diseases easily. Most houses here are mud huts waterproof with dung and surrounded by farm animals that carry bacteria. I came to Lalia village to meet Winifred. How are you? I'm Jenny. I'd heard she had a baby with what sounded like hydrocephalus. And who's this? 
Winifred had named her daughter Oroma, which means burden in the local language. She certainly isn't well, this one here, and, and she does have quite a few of the signs that we saw at the Cure Hospital, certainly. Her eyes are not really focusing. And, of course, she has a classically enlarged head. Her head is much larger than you'd expect of, of a child that's a year and nine months. Like Casimiri and Sara, Oroma was born a normal baby, but developed these symptoms after an infection. Have you taken her to a doctor to be checked out? I haven't taken her to the doctors, as I've got no money to get there. Winifred said her husband left her after Oroma started changing. Is anybody else helping you take care of Oroma? There is nobody. People around here insult me, especially my mother-in-law. They say I've brought a bad omen, a curse to the village. I have to do it all on my own, because nobody else in this world can help me. If my mother was alive, she would support me. Her mother-in-law, Jazaria, came out to meet us. Do you think that the problem with Oroma is spiritual rather than medical? I'm convinced Aroma's condition has something to do with evil spirits because Aroma has taken so much medicine and it's made no difference. Traditionally, we need to do a ritual if we want to heal her. Jazaria told me the village elders expected to be paid for the ritual, 100,000 shillings. That's about £25 and that's several times the transport cost of getting from this area to Mbale where um, little Aroma here could have treatment. Later that day, the elders invited us to see the ritual. They'd prepared a feast of millet flour and soya, which they offered to the evil spirit they believed Oroma had brought to the village. In return, they asked for health and prosperity. I guess you could see this in the same way as you might see lots of alternative therapies. This is traditionally what people in the villages have done. It's just such a shame for me that they haven't spent the money they spent on this ritual on, uh, on taking her to hospital first. In a small proportion of cases, children can survive untreated into late childhood. We heard there was an older boy in a nearby village living with hydrocephalus. I'm Jenny, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, hello. When 13-year-old Ojok started showing the signs of hydrocephalus at four months, his mother, Filda, took him to the local hospital. The doctors said there was nothing they could do for him. Ojok has been suffering seizures. His mother says she's very worried because often he will fall unconscious unexpectedly on the floor. And seizures are a well-known complication for children with hydrocephalus. The seizures mean Ojok can't go to school. Last year, he was seriously burned after collapsing into a boiling stove. Tell me, Ojok, what's it like being different from other children? I play on my own. Why do you play alone? They're afraid of me. Some children are abusive because they think he looks weird and want to push him away. Sometimes it makes me cry, sometimes. I tell them it's God-given. It's not my fault I'm this way. 
you know that the people who do that are doing it because they don't understand that you've been ill and that's the reason why you're different. I think so. They say I'm not human, I'm wildlife. Ojok was outcast from his community and dependent on his mother for survival. Those who aren't killed by hydrocephalus still have their lives destroyed by it. We returned to the Cure Hospital just as Kazimiri came out of his second surgery. In intensive care, the nurse explained they'd finally managed to treat Kazimiri, but only by inserting a plastic valve into his head. This tube will help the water travel from his head to his abdomen. This will help reduce the pressure in his head and prevent it expanding. Are you all right, Loy? It hurts to see him like this, but I believe it's the best the doctors could have done. I think you're incredibly brave. I'm not scared because I know he will get better. Loy won't know the extent of any permanent brain damage until Casimiri is older. His tube will need to be replaced with further surgery as he grows. Getting him to hospital once had already bankrupted her family, but Loy had decided to fight for Casimiri's life, whatever the cost. We heard Sara was recovering well. We went to see her at home in her village, an hour's drive from the hospital. Sara had been home for five days. Her brothers and sisters were glad to have her back. How are you? Do you think she's better? Yeah, she's now better. The neck is not going so hard like this. Mm-hmm. She's now coming like this. The second thing, the eyes, you see. If you put, she can now identify him. She's focusing. Yeah, she's now focusing, don't you see? Uh-huh. She's even laughing. <laughs> the neighbours had already noticed the difference. People of this village, they were thinking that Sarah is going to be a lame person. Mm. But now they are also having some hope mm-hmm. that she's not going to be a lame. My feeling is that if Sarah really gets cured properly, she will be somebody who can go to school, maybe walk and by her own self, rather than pushing her to school when she's lame. But even when she woke up today, I saw that she was a bit okay. And uh, I felt very good. (laughs) With better neonatal care, most hydrocephalus cases could be prevented in Uganda. And if more neurosurgeons were trained, more children could be treated early. I don't think baby Sarah here knows how lucky she is, how lucky she was to get the surgery as early as she did, and also to have a father who really wants to support her and do whatever he can to give her a normal life. Oh, there is dancing today in the house of Dalo. Oh, there is dancing today in the house of Dalo. There is dancing today in the house of Dalo. Hallelujah today in the house of Dalo. Our thanks to Jenny Cleman. For all the latest from the series, go to channel4.com forward slash unreported world.